Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Joining us today is my lovely friend and guest co-host, Stephanie Foster, along with our guest of honor, Mac Gardner, founder and chief education officer at FinMidTech. Welcome to the show, Mac. Thank you both for having me today. This is wonderful. Yay. We're very, very looking forward to it. And Stephanie is very excited. Um, Before we dive in a little bit, though, can you share with our audience what you do Mm -hmm. and also your first book, Motivate Your Money? Sure. So um, Matt Gardner, certified financial planner, blessed to have uh, served in the financial industry for 20 plus years, wore a lot of different hats, uh, retail banking, trust administration, commercial corporate lending, corporate 401k, advanced markets wholesaler, uh, just feel really, really blessed. And uh, when I started my own practice with Raymond James back in Houston, uh, I saw an opportunity. I was working with people that are very wealthy, but I saw something that's just pretty sad. These folks didn't have a lot of baseline education about personal finance or financial planning. So that's when I wrote my first book, Motivate Your Money, wrote this one for adults. I share my Mac nuggets, uh, what I like to say, ways and to simplify a lot of the uh, the things that we as financial service professionals take for granted, uh, typically very complex for folks. I, I, I try to break things down for people. One of my clients serves on the board of um, <clears throat> a non-for-profit organization in Houston, um, and she said, hey, Mac, uh, would you be open to creating a book for kids? I said, well, okay, well, how young? And she said, elementary school. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. So that's how the Four Money Bears came to be. This book was written to help parents with young children start the conversation about money. So uh, we started Finlet Tech a couple of years ago to build a bridge between financial literacy and financial technology because we find out that children, though they love books, they're learning in uh, new and different ways right now. They're learning on their devices, they're learning on their phones, they're learning on their iPads and Android devices. And so that is, uh, that's what we started. And we are now digitizing the Four Money Bears and developing an app called the Four Money Bears Berryville to serve as an on-ramp for a child's digital financial education journey. So good morning again, and thank you so much, Theo, for having me as a guest co-host this morning. So Mac, I do want to take a little bit more time and deep dive into your children's book, The Four Money Bears. I, it's a book that I was introduced to last year through one of uh, my financial advisor friends, and it talks about the four different bears, right? You have the spender bear, saver bear, investor bear and giver bear. I have, I do have two small children, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, and um, they're starting to talk about money, right? And then that book came in handy and it's helping us make decisions on how we spend and save our money in my household. So I would love for you to take a few minutes and tell us more about your passion around financial literacy for young children and how did that come about? Uh, so in my first book, I talk about the five steps of financial success, right? And these were the five things that people were doing sort of unbeknownst to themselves, but they were doing over time. Uh, and when it came time for retirement, they had money to retire or they had assets to pass on to heirs. And so the five steps are, step one is plan accordingly, right? Step two is spend cautiously. 
Step three is save diligently. Step four, invest wisely. And step five, <clears throat> give generously. So when we were looking at developing a platform or something for children, we realized that there's only four things you can do with money, right? Spend it, save it, invest it, or give it away. And so why not create characters that children can connect with? Uh, I intentionally made two of the bears boys, two of the bears girls. I intentionally made them all different colors as a a, a very overt nod to the need for more diversity, <laughs> equity, and inclusion uh, in the industry and in education. And this is the interesting thing. I would bring the book to elementary schools and I would do something called a hundred dollar bill challenge. I was trying to find a way to engage these elementary school kids. You know, they're, they're all antsy and they're sitting down and they're book reading. So I pull out the hundred dollar bill and I'll ask them, Hey, if I gave you this hundred dollar bill, what would you do with it? And this became an actual experiment to prove that children are conditioned from an early age to consume. Because what do you think a lot of the responses were? Spend, buy, cards, toys, sneakers. And, and I said, this is fascinating. So the book is a great way. It's actually the story of me and my wife and my kids. Those are the, those are the bears in the book. Um, and it's me telling and teaching them that, hey, just because we can go to the store and we're fortunate to be able to buy you stuff every time you go to the store and you run to the toy aisle, are you aware of what your options are? And most kids are aware of the spend and the save, but not aware of the two other options, which are investing and giving. And so that's really what we wanted to do with this book is to sit down, provide parents with a fun and engaging and entertaining way to start this conversation so that kids know that they have more than two options. They actually have four. I like that story. I was in a store recently with my daughter. She's nine. And I know I'm one of those weird people that still use cash. And um, before we went to the store, I told her, I said, look, you know, you had money from the tooth fairy. If you want to go shopping, you can bring some cash with you. And so she <clears throat> happily went into the store and she saw, you know, some like little rings that she liked. She's like, mommy, I want to get this. I'm like, sure. Let me give you your wallet. And you know what her reaction was? She's like, wait, you're not going to pay for it? No, no. You have your savings. We talked about it. You can use it. And she said, no, then that way I'm not going to get anything. It, mm -hmm. It's really interesting to see how kids react and how they act under different circumstances. Um, before COVID, I used to take my children to Asia to visit my family. And in Hong Kong, they had the NFC watches where they can just go up to, you know, the, the cash register, tap, pay, and go. They did not have the pain of taking money out from a wallet. So they were so used to picking up something from the store and then go tap and off they go. And that behavior was actually really, really scary when you're talking about Mac, the spender and the saver and how the elementary school students, you know, react when they, you ask them about the hundred dollar bill, because that was what I saw with my kids. <clears throat> They're like, okay, well, you know, I want something. I'm just going to pay for it and go. They didn't have the concept of what is $10 was $20 was a hundred dollars, the extent of it. And they also didn't have the 
perhaps appreciation, I don't know if that's even the right word, on how money comes about and what they could have done with that money had they invested in it, the time value of money, right? All of that is is, is so weird and strange. And so I love you. I love when you're talking about you, you go to elementary school and you, you talk to kids. Do you work with the schools or how, how do you get the message out? I'm really curious. So the interactions I've had with schools, uh, you know, there's the, 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 you know, the, when you go and I forget what it's called when, when you go and, and you, you teach and you talk to kids about your profession. And so I go as a financial advisor and I tell them I'm a CFP. Um, those have been, or parents who have bought the book and ask if I would be open to coming to their school and talking to their kids about this. And one of the things that we found, because I, I wrote this book several years ago, four, five years ago now, and the the response we kept getting back from parents who read the book is, Mac, love that you're doing this. Really love the fact that you're bringing this to the attention now because technology is making it so easy for young people to be able to spend because there's debit cards, there's credit cards, there's, there's all these new solutions. And so it's almost more important now that young people understand that they have these four options with money because if it's so easy to get to get access to stuff and buy stuff if you don't have these core principles at an early age you just run off <laughs> and spend everything and so uh i think one of the biggest things that 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 folks appreciate from our book is the introduction of the concept or the idea of investing at an early age uh, that's something that a lot of folks want to be able to talk to their kids about. I believe in our heart of hearts, all we are at the end of our day is a collection of stories. So we are. And our children, if you happen to be a CFP or a CPA or banking or finance, our kids will get the stories of what's a 401k, what's an IRA, what's a stock, what's a bond, what's a mutual fund ETF, blah, 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 because they hear it in the home. A vast majority of kids won't ever get those stories. And so it's important for kids, and we haven't even started talk, talk, talking about kids in underserved overlook communities, but it's important for young people to understand that they have these options and that that awareness of that that other option of investing, that it can grow your money. And you know, when you get that hundred dollars, you don't have to blow it all and buying some Nike sneakers. You can use 50 of it to buy something, and then you can actually use 50 of it to buy stock in Nike. Ooh, I can own the company that makes the sneakers. Yes, you can. I never knew about that. And because technology is where it is, you can buy fractional shares of pretty much anything out there nowadays on these various platforms. So we're in a very pivotal time when it comes to fintech and financial literacy that we can we can tell these stories, we can share these stories, but we can actually enact this knowledge, uh, I believe there's a formula, is financial literacy plus financial technology or capability. That's what gets us to financial wellness. Those are some great nuggets that you're sharing with us here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, April is Financial Literacy Month. 
you are based in Florida, in Tampa, Florida, right, Mac? I know that recently um, Governor DeSantis did pass a, a regulation mandating uh, that students do pass a financial literacy course so they can graduate high school. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I, I am so happy when that piece of legislation passed for a few reasons. One, what a lot of people don't realize, it took seven years for that legislation to pass here in the state of Florida. It was not a quick journey. It took time. Second, I'm glad that it's happening starting 2023, 2024. High school students will be required to pass a half credit course in financial literacy to graduate. Sadly, it needs to start earlier. I'll just be very upfront. There was a Cambridge study that came out a few years ago that uh, states that a child's connectivity with money actually starts as early as age seven, sometimes as early as age five. So if a child's connectivity with money and the financial habits is they start picking up from mom and dad and, and, and grandparents in the house, they're starting by age seven, but schools aren't providing any sort of financial literacy guidance by age 17, 18. That's 10 years worth of no information or misinformation when it comes to money. So though I am very happy that the state is, is put that in, it's actually the largest state to have any sort of financial literacy requirements. There are only seven or eight that have a requirement. 23 offer, seven require. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy but it needs to start earlier. And that's why we're developing the technology that we're developing to make sure that the financial literacy, financial education process starts earlier and, and, and helps folks longer term. Do you think more states will follow suit? I'm really, really yeah. curious because I remember a couple of years ago, I was on a panel with someone from the Midwest, I wanted to say was Wisconsin. And she mentioned that they have formal financial literacy programs in the schools to teach little kids and how to manage money. But the challenge of that was they were teaching them how to balance checkbooks or something like that. And, and I almost feel like, yes, they need to start younger, but more importantly, they need to start younger with something that is relevant to them. Meeting them, we call it meeting them where they are. Yes, meeting them yeah. where they are. Um, so with respect to something you were talking about earlier too, with, you know, it's so easy to spend money to consume everything. Every time when I go out to the mall, I see signs of buy now, pay later. Don't have to worry about anything, just, you know, buy and paying for later or paying, you know, installments. Between that, bank accounts, credit cards, student loan, mortgage, retirement, what have you, there are so many, so many, so many things that touch money. Even my and myself, I'm having a hard time keeping track of everything that we have. So when we're thinking about the full bags, you're talking about the spender, saver, investor, gifter. How can we help young children and adults alike how to actually plan properly? I mean, I use an Excel spreadsheet. I know that was but yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed to hear that. Come on. <laughs> I, 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 yes, I know. I know. I know. Uh, I use, I, lo I love a good spreadsheet though. So <laughs> I love the spreadsheet. So Mac, help us out here. What can we do? So here's what we try to get across to young people from a very early age. 
Money is simply a tool. I say this all the time. Uh, people care what you look like. People care what you sound like. People care where you're from. Money doesn't. Money is simply a tool. And the earlier you learn how to utilize money, the better off you'll be long-term. So when we're talking with about fintech, fintech is just changing so much about how we engage with money and our personal finances, right? There's, there, there, I, I can, on my phone, I can literally do banking, lending, insurance, I, 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 investing. I can do so many things from my phone. So FinTech has done an awesome job building tools and resources to do stuff with your money. But sadly, the industry's done a terrible job in teaching <laughs> what to do with money. And so um, there are tools being built. I think of, 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 of colleagues that are in this space, what I call the FinLit Tech financial literacy technology space. Uh, folks like Evan Leapart, who created an app called Kitty Credit. Uh, folks like uh, Tanya Van Court, who, who built an app called Goal Setter that allows for kids to, uh, you know, have a debit card and, and, tra and track their spending. Uh, there are tools that are being built. They're just not getting a lot of attention. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they will in time. Uh, so the industry is working on it. We are working on it. That's that's the whole premise of, of our firm, Finlet Tech, is, is to build that bridge between financial literacy and financial technology. Uh, because to your point, Theodore, the, the tech to make things easy and efficient when it comes to spending money is being done. And it's 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 technology changes and moves so quickly. Uh, that's why we believe it's so important to have a similar resource on the education side, right? I, I'll tell you the, the the premise of the full money bears Berryville, our game is is twofold because you mentioned this earlier. Uh, the player inherits their family berry farm. And so we are looking at both sides of the personal finance fence. What we mean by that is you're going to inherit the berry farm and you're going to learn about entrepreneurship because you have to run this farm and you have to make money right through your berry farm. And once you earn money, and the money is now in your hands, we're going to have quizzes and quests to help guide you and teach you what to do with the money and give you options. You know, do you, do you buy clothes for your beer or do you buy a blender and an oven? You see what I'm saying? And invest in your business so that you can make more money. And there's a, there's a huge behavioral finance aspect of, of, of what we're developing so that, you know, we believe that when, when children are, or, or people period, because the game is going to be for seven up, they're going to be adults playing this game because it's a farming game. You know, we have a feeling that folks are going to be spending a lot more because that's how we're conditioned through the, you know, commercial based economy that we're in to do, and then maybe say, Hey, you know, let's look at some other options. So a long winded response to, the technology is definitely more heavily weighted on the things to do with money, but things are being done on the side of education. That's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited um, about that, the Berryville app. Is, it, is the app live yet or how can we access it? Sure. So we have the pre-alpha demo available now. So if you go to www.thefourmoneybears.com, right, you'll learn about the book. You can actually download the demo. 
and you can play it. You can see what it's all about. You can meet the full money bears, you can meet the characters. Uh, we actually have a Kickstarter campaign going on right now uh, to raise funds as well as awareness of our Teach Kids Money mission. Uh, and so we, we, we're just at a place where we feel so fortunate. Financial advisors around the country are using our book. Uh, we have book sales around the world. We, folks buy our book in Germany, France, the uh, UK, Canada, Italy. It's, 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 it feels great because what it shows us is financial literacy is not just a US thing. It's, it's a global concern. It's a global issue. Like that is an important topic too, because thinking back to my days when I was in college, um, and I talk about that experience a lot. The first thing I saw on my first day of college was a table with a branded credit card, right? Hey, you know, show your school spirits, sign up for the credit card, and they entice you with everything, the mug that you do not need. Um, the t-shirt, don't forget the t-shirt. Yes. And you know, like 0% blah, blah. But what they do not say is what happens thereafter. Right. And, and I probably emails with a bunch of people fell into the, oh yeah, you know, this is easy. I'll just get as easy credit, easy access to credit. That was my first lesson in understanding interest rates that are being charged by credit card companies and the compounding effect of it. Mm -hmm. And I remember my, my, my parents are like, what were you thinking? I'm like, I didn't know. Right. It, it, it's, it's the whole concept of it and the consequences of it and, and all of those. It, yeah. It seems like it should have been common sense, but it wasn't something that was taught to us in school. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I think what you're doing is incredibly important. And I will look forward to the app because that's one additional way for me to instill that concept in my kids, apart from lemonade stand. They're obsessed with lemonade stands. So like, what if we can do a lemonade stand and sell all of these and make money? I'm like, okay, let's sit down, do a spreadsheet. What is the cost <laughs> of setting up that stand and your ingredients and all of that? You'll be losing money every single time you sell a cup. Of well, it's funny, Theodore, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned and you use that reference. We equate our new game app to a, a child's first digital lemonade stand. Think about it, all right? It's, it's, it's their first exposure to entrepreneurship and, and, and earning money. And you know, if you're gonna have the opportunity to learn about earning money, you might as well have the opportunity to learn about how to manage it in that same ecosystem. Yeah, and so it's funny that you say that. I've I've done quite a few of these interviews, and that's a reference that 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 we use quite often. Yeah, I I love that. Considering how much uh, this generation is tied to their screens, whether it's the iPad or the Amazon Pad or <laughs> me and Daddy's cell phone, I think phone. it's the right mm -hmm. way. If you want screen time, you've got to play this game and run your business for an hour. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and here's the other interesting thing too. We have developed a new way of teaching financial literacy, financial education through this game. We, we call it our TAT method, T-A-T. So through the game, we're gonna be able to teach the user about money, money management, entrepreneurship. We're gonna be able to analyze, 
right? By how the questions are answered, so on and so forth. But more importantly, what we're gonna be able to do is track the user progress over time. Financial literacy education has been very uh, one time. Here's a book, Here, here's something, take this class one time. But it, it's, it's financial literacy and financial um, success, it's, it's habits, right? It, it's a habitual things that you do over time that we want to be able to show a parent, hey, you know what? Your child is playing this game. This is how they're doing. Blah, 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 uh, For financial institutions, banks have Community Reinvestment Act divisions, uh, financial uh, investment uh, service, investment um, and insurance companies, financial institutions. They're looking to give back to communities to be able to teach younger people how to do things with their money and to be able to go and say, hey, you know what? We've tracked the progress and this is the result of these healthy habits over time. Wow, you are getting me super excited. I am definitely going to go check it out. Um, and uh, I think there's so much we can do. Uh, I do want to ask you though, before we close, if there is one thing that we could change in the industry, I know we all have a laundry list of it. Um, what would that be? If you have a magic wand, just wave it and say, here you go, voila, boom, done. Um, what would that be and why? The one thing that I would love to see change is, is earlier conversations about finances. I, I think for a lot of people, because a parent never got it, and if you never got it yourself, right, how can you pass it on to your to your child? I heard a startling statistic, which was shocking, but not surprising. And it said that a child's financial success is almost exclusively determined by the zip code they grow up in. And so what if we could drop a game, <clears throat> a book, a resource into one of these communities and start changing the stories, right, that are being told in those households where a child is now asking and talking to mom and dad about, hey, you know, you know, what's this investing thing? What's this thing about a stock? And imagine a seven-year-old child who has that conversation with mom and dad and mom and dad all of a sudden says, hey, how, how, how can we start doing this? And they find the technology to be able to do it. And now this child is owning equity in a company from age seven. That's, that's, that's paradigm shifting right there. We talk about wealth gaps. We talk about all these social inequities. I truly believe that that early childhood education is is a way to to change a lot of fates and a lot of courses in people's lives. That is a mic drop moment. <laughs> I, I I I cannot agree more. I spent quite a few years looking at the gap, wealth gap, retirement gap, what have you, on older adults, and how we can enable people to live a longer, more secure life. And the more I keep digging into it, the more the stronger I feel we need to move that that much earlier because it starts from when they're little and it starts the the whole mindset and how they approach money, their relationship with money and how they think about the future. All of that starts young. So mm -hmm. you need to plant the seed um, when they're much younger. So this, this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, 
Stephanie, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, I knew you were very excited about this before we started the show. Yes, and I, I am super excited to have had the opportunity to talk a little bit more about Mac and learn about the Four Money Bears in Berryville as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to share the Mac Nuggets with us today. Thank you. Thank that. you so much for having me. And as I like to say, the journey continues. The so, journey continues. The journey continues. Where can people find you um, if they're interested? So you can go to the fourmoneybears.com and learn about the book and learn about the new app there. Uh, you can learn about Finlit Tech at www.finlittech, F-I-N-L-I-T-T-E-C-H. Uh, you know, you, I, I like to tell my clients, you can't eat tomorrow what you didn't plant yesterday, right? So plant those seeds of early education uh, and early financial literacy uh, as, as early as you can. It, it'll help you and it, it'll help the, the kiddos and, and future generations. Wonderful. Thank you so much for the inspiration, Mac. And thank you for joining us on the show today. Stephanie, thank you so much for being my wonderful wing woman. Always a pleasure. And for the rest of you, thank you for listening to another episode of One Vision. We will talk to you all next week.